Hey, hi, hello, my creepy lovelies. Today I'm going to tell you a story while Slinky rubs himself across the rug there. Uh, welcome back to the mayhem, the madness, the fucked up here on this podcast. Um, today I'm going to talk about a cryptid that might actually be an alien. So, yeah, I'll just get right into it. Um, so the cryptid is called Indrid Cold, but is also known as the Smiling Man. And the Smiling Man is a creepy alien humanoid thing. Uh, and in his first sighting, he was described as being a six-foot-tall individual wearing a green reflective suit with a dark complexion, but, like, tiny, wide set, so, like, far apart from each other, beady, creepy, all-black eyes. Um, and in the first sighting, they said that he had no nose, no ears, no hair. Um, his second sighting description says that he was more human-like in appearance and that he looked tan like a normal human being, but in a blue reflective suit, and he had, like, slicked back hair. So, um, according to reports by the individual who saw him the second time, Woodrow Derenbinger, Derenbringer? Daring, Derenberger, that one. Indrid Cold came from a planet called Lanololos in the Ginymedes galaxy, and that um, there are two other grinning men who visit Earth often by the names of Demo Hassan and Carl Ardo. So the first... Slinky, I need this. No, thank you. Thank you. The first appearance of uh, this cold guy was October 16th in 1966. And uh, this creature was seen by two young boys in New Jersey walking on 4th Street. And they, stand, they, stand, they saw him standing by a fence, but as they tried to walk closer to him to get a better look to see if it was somebody they actually knew, um, they got a little freaked out because they saw this man without ears or nose in this metal green suit, and he had a big green, he had a big green, he had a big grin on his face like the whole time, and he just like stared. But as they got closer, he took off towards them and started to chase them. So of course the kids like booked it the other way. But they, like, he chased them for quite a bit um, while smiling, which I think is the creepiest fucking part of the whole goddamn thing. Uh, and in my research, it was noted that there were a lot of UFO sightings in that time in uh, New Jersey and Virginia. You know, 1966, big year for alien sightings, apparently. Um, the second sighting of this smiling man was November 2nd in 1966 in Parksburg, West Virginia, which is close to Mothman time and close-ish to Mothman territory. You guys know how I love my Mothman. Um, so this Woodrow guy, Woodrow guy that I was talking about a little bit earlier was driving home on the 77 until he said he heard a loud crash. And he swore like right after he heard this crash, a big-ass UFO, like, landed in front of his truck. And he described this UFO as an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney, flared at both ends, narrowing down to a small neck, and then enlarging in a great giant bulge in the center. So, f upon first glance, my brain is imagining that it looks like, um... One of those candies you get at your grandma's house, like it's always in a glass, like, I want to say tin, but that's not the right word, like a glass bowl, it's always on the table, and it's like that candy in that like either gold wrapper, and it's got like the, the wrapping pieces like flaring out at the end, like that's what I'm imagining. Um, 
So I'll see what I can find in terms of um, any images that were drawn as a result of this description and put it up on the Instagram. Um, he said that the grinning man came out of the vehicle with a dark tan and he walked up to this Woodrow guy and telepathically said his name was Indrid Cold and that he shouldn't be afraid. He's just here visiting to learn about humans and understand humans. And like, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm just visiting to like know more about the human race. But don't worry, dude. Like, I want to let you go back to your house, but I'll be seeing you again. <laughs> it's just like, how could you not be terrified of that? An alien or a cryptid, whatever the fuck it is, just crashes in front of your car, says, hey, dude, I'm just here to learn all about your people, but don't worry, I won't hurt you. Also, I'll be seeing you again. And then just fucking dips, like, uh, okay. Um, and then the third sighting was by the Lily family. Um, so he had been seen quite a bit in 1966 and, uh, rightfully so during, during Woodrow, this Woodrow human, whose last name that I can't say properly because I'm on my lunch break in the middle of my work day. Um, he, he told police, he, he like filed a report. It was a whole thing, which ended up prompting like a quick, but small media frenzy that was short lived. Um, so like, Sorry. So naturally, the media attention given to the story brought people to their house to, like, try to get a glimpse of this fucking alien thing. But then, of course, when nobody saw them, they were like, oh, you're a liar, you're making stuff up, you're a fraud. So then he's, you know, he's getting all these phone calls, he's getting all these threats, it's giving him, like, anxiety, he goes to seek medical attention, but it's like, the 70s and the 60s still so the doctor's like you're fine like everything's fine don't worry about it and so it's just like okay he's scared he's not having a good time so i don't know why he kept talking about it but what's crazy is is he said that he and his family still got visits from indrid cold and it's like he journaled them he wrote a book i think his daughter even wrote a book but like nothing good came from him continuing to talk about their experiences. Like, the, like I said, they got harassing phone calls all the time. Like, people would blame their, like, job loss on this alien and then yell at them and say, this is all your fault. Like, stop making friends with aliens. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then it got to a point where uh, Woodrow, his, he was so stressed out that he got really painful headaches. And of course, with all of this harassment, he suffered from depression. And eventually, you know, his wife was like, all right, I'm fucking done. Like, this is too much for me. Please stop talking to aliens. Like, I don't want them here anymore. And so she divorces him. He tries to move away to escape the area of notoriety. Um, but he ended up moving back to the area where he saw Indrid Cold anyway. Um, like before his death, which I thought was weird. So maybe he wanted to go see his alien buddy like one last time. I don't really know. Um, but he died in 1990 at the age of 74. Um, while he never, you know, recanted his statement of injured cold, once he moved back to that area where he saw him, he like didn't talk about him a whole lot because obviously it didn't go well the first time. So... There you have it, the tale of the creepy smiling man who came to Earth, cryptid, alien, I'm gonna go with fucking alien, but this whole thing, like, I saw this come up in um, one of the other cryptid Instagrams that I follow, and it immediately made me think of that movie Smile, 
and uh, being the spiritual witchy person that I am, there are a few there are a few movies out there that I just like refuse to go see without like spiritual protection because <laughs> I don't I don't want to catch any kind of like energy and bring it home. Um, and it's usually from movies that are like rated really terribly. It's so, like the Bye Bye Man. I refuse to fucking see that one um, unless I have protection while I'm watching that. Um, but the smile is, is another one. Like I can't, I can't shake the vibe. It's one of those things where it's like, I know if I go see that without protection, something's going to follow me home. And now I know that it might be this fucking smiling ain't like fucking alien man. So long hoopla short. That is your, that's your little short, short sewed for this week. The smiling man. Um, please don't forget to like, follow, rate, subscribe, whatever the fuck else you do with podcasts. I think I have a whole 13 followers now. Nope, it's 16 followers, so thanks all 16 of you. Um, I know at least three of you aren't related to me, so that's really cool. Thanks, y'all. Um, in the upcoming episodes, I've got... Where are we now? I think we're in December. Sorry. Um, so there's this one, and then there's a really gnarly case about the Claremont killer coming up. And then I'm going to tell you about the uh, Scottish, Scottish Bigfoot Yeti thing that's coming up. And then I am in the middle of a case that you guys are going to get some of my classic, like, against the system rants and yelling and all of that stuff. Um, so you'll get those coming up. And then I might release a secondary special depending on how um, the sentencing goes in the Waksha Christmas Parade trial goes. Um I realize I'm ranting, but I also don't care. So if you don't want to listen anymore, just like hit the stop button. Um, I don't know how many of you were following that case, but uh, I really wanted to see how the victim impact statements go um, because Darrell Brooks is representing himself. Um, and I don't know how many of you guys watched the Parkland shooter case. But okay, if any of you have watched that case, you know how poorly the DA's office has been working in representing and you know just being on their side of the table. They have been extremely disrespectful. They flipped off the judge. They've been laughing in the middle of court. Like they're just not taking it seriously. And then there was that whole outburst during the victim's impact statement. So. Um, I'm just, I'm real, I'm, Judge Duro in the Daryl Brooks case has done a really good job of remaining professional when I feel like she had every opportunity to just snap. This judge in the Parkland shooter case has done her best to be professional, but I feel like they really got under her skin too much. And now with the behavior of some of the DAs, I am personally concerned that they are going to in the investigations they're doing in the DAs that they're going to find stuff that says that he did not adequate, like have an adequate defense and they'll have to do a mistrial and they'll have to do the whole fucking thing again. Um, which as a victim of a, of a murder, you know, the words, sorry, it's been a long work day and I still have like five meetings after this lunch. Um, as a, Family member of a murder victim. There are the words. There we go. It is not, depending on the state you live in, it's not a one and done. You know, if if you've got 
So like life, right? Life without parole. So uh, depending on how Daryl Brooks gets sentenced, like he's locked up, he's done. You can't, you can't appeal any of that. He can try, but we've clearly seen that he's, they're not going to go anywhere. It doesn't matter. His room, his appeals aren't going to go anywhere. But when you have people who are in similar shoes as to me and my family in the death penalty cases, they have tons of appeals. So we have to go and participate every single time somebody is, you know, they're trying to appeal or somebody's trying to appeal on their behalf. And it's exhausting. It doesn't stop for us. So my concern with the Parkland shooter is, is that those families are going to go through the same fucking shit if they get this mistrial. And I don't know what they ended up pursuing because it's Florida. I hope it was death penalty, but they're going to go through the same thing. It's, it's exhausting. And they don't, they don't show this on TV. They don't show it in the media. Like, and it's sometimes they don't even tell us the families when these things are happening, they just happen. So this whole movement from, you know, this whole, God, sorry, I'm so angry. So it's very hard for me to articulate this particular fact. The whole San Quentin voluntary transfer program. They are not telling the surviving victims and or surviving victims, family members, if people on death row who have elected to go do this to be transferred out of San Quentin have been approved and are being moved to other prisons. That is a direct violation of some of our victims' rights, but they're not telling us anyway. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? So, overarching what the fuck. I may or may not, you know, do an episode on... The Daryl Brooks Waksha Christmas Parade Madness, um, just the sentencing part because he's an absolutely fucking terrible human being. Um, so yeah, so all that to say, lots of fun stuff coming up, fun stuff being the cryptids, a lot of fucked up stuff coming up in terms of serial killers and this fucking psychopath who drove through a fucking Christmas parade like animal. Um, I'm going to go eat some lunch and then go back to my actual job, but, uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye.